You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad, and uh, this past week there was an Ireland-Canada business summit held in Dublin, and we're going to hear from Kate Hickey, who is the Executive Director of the Ireland-Canada Business Association. Kate, thanks a million for coming on for a chat. Thanks, Austin. How are you? Great, and so uh, this summit this week, uh, there have been a number of previous summer summits, so what number summit was this? This was our fifth uh, business summit, and the ICBA, the Ireland Canada Business Association, we have them every two years, and it's always hosted by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, and the venue is um, the former home of Lord Ivy, the beautiful Ivy House on Stevens Green. So we had a great assortment of speakers. Um, we had the Canadian ambassador to the EU, Ambassador Daniel Costello, and um, I punished the Simon Coveney actually opened the summit. Um, he, he was delayed a bit because he was having Brexit meetings, and we were delighted that he was able to do that. We also had Ambassador Kelly coming in from Ottawa to speak at the event. And previously, our previous summit in Dublin was when Ambassador Kelly was just, um, had started his job as ambassador. So really he spoke about the changes that he's seen within the couple of years with CETA being provisionally applied and how he has seen the, the, the boost in trade between Ireland and Canada. Um, so we also had coming in from London as a, a strategist from TD Securities, James Rossiter, and he spoke about really what's the forecast for Brexit? What is it going to do to trade? What is it going to do to the economy? And that was a, a, an excellent presentation. So we also had Judy Cinnamon, who was just back from a, a trade mission to China with 40 companies. And Judy spoke about what Irish companies are doing in Canada and what the trajectory has been for Irish companies exporting to Canada. And and then on the investment side, we had um, Eileen Sharp from the IDA. And Eileen is the Director of Growth Markets for the IDA. And Eileen spoke about the imminent opening of an office in Toronto and looking at Canadian investment in Ireland and what's the nature of it. And how is it going to be affected by Brexit and um, the commitment that the IDA has to continuing to attract Canadian investment into Ireland. Kate, Ambassador Kelly, as you say, um, covered what the changes that he has seen come in over the past two years. And I know we on our side are very aware uh, that there has been tremendous activity. We see it in the news over here, and I know you see it in the news over there, with Canadian companies investing in Ireland in the, uh, I know in the petroleum sector there with uh, the purchase of some of the gas stations. And big news over the last year, particularly, has been the growth in tourism from Canada to Ireland. Yeah, and there was, um, Siobhan McNamee presented yesterday as well, Austin, and Siobhan spoke about the big increase, I think, of, um, of Canadian tourists coming into the Irish market. And now we have, I think it's up to, is it, is it five airlines we're at of direct flights between Ireland and Canada? And more recently, Norwegian Airlines had off, have offered Hamilton, Ontario, as um, a destination at, you know, for direct flights from Ireland. So... Um, you know, without that connectivity, we wouldn't have the boost in tourism that we're enjoying 
that penetrates every aspect of the Irish economy here. So we're delighted with that as well. I also noticed, Kate, that Aer Lingus announced in the last week that they were going to up their transatlantic traffic or uh, fleet by two-thirds, which is a phenomenal increase. And I can only imagine that that would include additional uh, flights to Canada. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And they're very committed to sort of, you know, the, 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 the Ireland, sort of Canada, um, sort of aviation relationship, if you like, and they're going to be looking at more destinations across Canada beyond Toronto over the future, uh, you know, months. So we're, we're, we're there, Lingus are members of the Ireland-Canada Business Association. So we're delighted that they're committed to that with Air Canada and WestJet and Air Transit and now Norwegian Airlines. So we're, it's, you know, it's more than we could have hoped for, really. And while we mentioned that that uh, helps tourism in both directions greatly, of course, business is very dependent upon direct flights. So the consequence yeah. of those flights would have greatly enhanced uh, the ability for Irish companies and Canadian companies. You know, in Vancouver, you've got Air Canada now with a direct flight, and we have... And the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade opening a, a consulate there. So, um, with, with the appointment of, of Frank Flood, and that um, office is very committed to trade between Ireland and Canada as well. It's not just a cultural mandate, but it has trade and business very much on the agenda. Kate, you're saying then the um, new office, the consulate office in Vancouver, is recognition of the relationship also. It is, yeah, and um, they've committed to, um, to you know, to open the consulate office in um, Vancouver. So that, that, that's fantastic um, for Western Canada, and I think it's sort of it's it's recognising the the number of Irish people living and working in Western Canada as well. Kate, would it be fair to say that uh, Canada's profile within the Irish? Uh, psyche has been elevated to such a degree that there is a real strong awareness nationwide about that relationship and that I won't quite say it's got to the point of superseding the US relationship but it is its relative importance has greatly grown. It has and there's a number of reasons it's the number of ministerial visits we've had to Canada but um, the Taoiseach was there I think over the last 18 months, and with the visit to Ireland by Prime Minister Trudeau, um, was very important in in raising the profile of Canada. Um, we actually have more exports going to Canada, probably because of CETA, with a 25% increase. So there's more companies looking at Canada as an export market, and I have no doubt that the, the, that Brexit is is has a role to play in that too. And um, and uh, with all the direct flights, so people are looking at Canada as well as a holiday destination. But you know that culturally, Ireland and Canada have always been very aligned. You know, and the extent of 14% of Canadians claim some form of Irish ancestries. And on the reverse side, the first Canadian company that we had in Ireland was Canada Life that came to Dublin in 1903, the same year that they set up in London. But what we're beginning to see is that the cultural affinity is spilling over into the business arena. And the, cult, the values that are here and that are sort of appreciated by the Canadian business community are influencing 
where Canadian companies are locating their European offices. And that's why we're receiving a lot of Canadian companies opening up their European headquarters in Ireland, and that's fantastic. And it's it's very, very good in terms of the relationships that we're having as well. So, Kate, when you bring it down to grassroots level in your own situation, you must then also have a greater number of inquiries coming into you from Irish companies uh, that are interested in exploring the Canadian market, and uh, or particularly over since DITA has been um, ratified. Yeah, yeah, because with the US, you see, the US was to have TTIP in terms of they were to have their customs duties eliminated as well, but that was before uh, President Trump came into power. So now... You know, the, 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 the trend within the U.S. towards protectionism is not attractive for Irish companies. So they're, 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 it's more difficult for them and from a, a cost point of view to, to compete within the U.S. market because of the customs duties that are still being applied, whereas in Canada none of that exists. And then also I would you point out, of course, that the depth of the relationship and the historical strength of the relationship. But one of the other factors that must come into play is that during the crash and over the period of uh, particularly our previous Ambassador Ray Bassett, uh, the number of work visas that were made available to the Irish was greatly increased, which would, I yeah, suppose, have yeah. helped copper fasten a relationship and an awareness. Yes, yeah, um, particularly, I mean, I think it was up to 10,000 visas and they were sort of um, used up within 48 hours. So, um, and there was, a, you know, a number of the Irish people within the construction industry that went to work all over Canada. Uh, one of the, 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 the leadership council members of the ICBA is the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers. And they were established to bring over um, Irish tradespeople from Waterford in particular to work on the initially on the oil and gas rigs in Newfoundland. And now they're looking at other projects within Ontario for um, Irish tradespeople, plumbers, welders. And they're responsible for recruiting and training and, and um, placing Irish tradespeople in Ontario on construction projects. And, Kate, the, um, traditionally, I suppose, uh, Ireland has been strong when it has come over the years. It has been strong in software and also in medical devices, uh, some of those sectors, but also uh, in the financial and technical uh, fintech. Where has the big growth been, and where is it seen that the opportunity continues to be for Irish companies in Canada? And likewise, where is it seen that the opportunity is for Canadian companies in Ireland? Um, I think that if you, I mean, if you look at the stats in terms of, um, um, you know, pharma is a big export for Irish companies um, to um, Canada. It's, and certainly, um, I think, you know, the, 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 the sectors that you look at from a Canadian company coming into the Irish market is sort of life sciences, transport, infrastructure, environmental technologies, and, and also more recently looking at the creative media and possible collaborations between Canadian and Irish companies like um, Brown Bag Films did recently. So on the Canadian side, for example, if you look across our membership, 
of Irish companies exporting to Canada. Some of them are in the food industry. We've got Boyne Valley Foods who'll be a member. Um, there's software with DNM Technologies who's just opened an office in Toronto. Um, there's We have um, a company called PharmaPod who uh, have a pharmaceutical compliance platform that they've sold to the Canadian Pharmaceutical Association. So um, I think, you know, I don't, I don't want to sort of broad sweep, but I would think that it's software is a significant opportunity for Irish companies. And, uh, of course, what you mentioned there about brown bag is also very interesting because, <laughs> excuse me, the partnership agreement that was signed between Canada and Ireland on that side of things, it's often forgotten that uh, things like the arts, uh, we all, when we think in terms of exports, we always tend to think in terms of hard physical products whereas oftentimes the Irish economy has grown based on a knowledge economy and it's the ability to bring that knowledge economy uh, to North America has been a tremendous success. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and you mean, for example, that film Room Austin is a lovely example of an Irish-Canadian co-production that worked very well and, and got sort of international success. And likewise, of course, the breadwinner got tremendous success and that brought in it anim- did indeed. animation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And really an area that we're seeing a lot of activity from a Canadian perspective into the Irish market is mining and e-commerce. And we have a, a number of Canadian members within our ranks who are doing e-commerce platforms um, for the larger retailers like uh, we've one company doing the, the, the development for the Hudson Bay Company they're called GILT, and they do these online flash sales. Also, e-learning is an, another area that's quite um, attractive for Canadian companies coming into the Irish marketplace as well. And, of course, coming from th- this direction also, Shopify at this stage, which is an Ottawa-based company, has a large employee base. And uh, my understanding is that most of their employees work from home, uh, I recall they do. It's a brilliant model. It's an it absolutely is. brilliant model. Because yeah. I, I recall last last year during the major storm, uh, I was in Ireland uh, shortly after. Or I was listening to RTE, and they commented upon how during the two days of that major storm, when most of Ireland shut down, Shopify achieved 105 percent productivity. Which was yes, fascinating. exactly. <laughs> it is. And another company we have is Kobo. Um, Rakuten, there they do. They have sort of a, a platform um, similar to Kindle, but they've opened their new European software development centre in Dublin, and they're going to create up to thirty jobs here. So it's amazing that they've chosen Ireland, and there's no huge tax incentive for them to be here. But it's about the level of talent, really, and their ability to attract talent, and that's one of the reasons that they say that they're in Ireland. It's 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 the, the skill sets that can be found here. Now, Kate, that brings another question when you talk about the talent and the companies relocating. I was talking to uh, somebody at the Ireland Canada Chamber of Commerce uh, networking event we had here in the city during the week, and she was considering Mm -hmm. relocating to Ireland. uh, And uh, uh, her father is from Limerick, even though she's Canadian-born. And in Mm -hmm. the course of the conversation, we're talking about the accommodation problems because for somebody, like one of the challenges that uh, Ireland is facing, and it's not just from the point of view of those that are underprivileged, but uh, uh, Ireland is experiencing uh, an accommodation problem right across the board, which is it causing a problem for companies 
who are considering investing in Ireland that, mm. they're, that they're actually able to, to find or their employees are able to find suitable accommodation? Yeah, one of the, um, the concerns of our members often, and one of our members actually said this, but that when they find somebody that sort of meets their needs in terms of their skill set and when they offer them a job, that they actually lie awake at night hoping that person will be able to find suitable accommodation uh, within a decent sort of proximity to their place of work and within an affordable range. So it's it's a huge issue here um, in Dublin particularly and um, it, it's one of our concerns and it's one of the vulnerabilities that Ireland and particularly Dublin has in terms of um, retaining its attractiveness for uh, North American investment. So in the, in the pre-budget submission, um, we urge the government to look at what you're doing in Canada with the CMHC. And it just is actually, you know, it's, it's a crown corporation, but it acts very much like a private company. And when we sort of did a bit of research, we looked at how 30% of Canadians use rental housing to meet their housing needs. And CMHC has particular incentives to those developers who are developing standard rental accommodation that's multi-units. And, for example, if you... It, and if you are a developer developing a multi-residential rental unit in an area where rental accommodation is in short supply, you'll get a more favourable rate of interest. And we would encourage the Irish government to look at similar initiatives that they could do here and look at best practice and what you have done well there and to see if any way that it can be replicated within an Irish context. Well, you know, Kate, that's fascinating because it was an area I wouldn't have considered at all. And just for anybody who is listening, CMHC uh, stands for the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation. And as Kate says, it is a Crown Corporation and uh, it regulates because I also remember when we were buying our first house that if you did not have um, a 15% deposit, uh, you would have to have taken out uh, insurance through CMHC. Uh, so it, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. it assists also with um, buyers in their in their efforts to find accommodation. But that's interesting how, uh, as you said, that the relationship is assisting in drawing on best practices and seeing how, uh, of how we over here do what we do and how it might enhance what needs to be done over there. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I mean, the government, we have an excellent housing minister here, Austin, and he's looking at different models and, you know, he's, he, he's speaking to, to, to the experts within the industry about what can be done. So we know the commitment is there and I know that they're putting the resources and, it, you know, the time into looking at what will work within an Irish context and what can be done quickly with the resources that we have to address the situation. And Kate, I know we'd be remiss before we do wrap up not to mention, because I know you mentioned uh, Jim Kelly was over there near the EU Commissioner, but I know Kevin Vickers was with you also at the event. Mm. Yeah, and he's really, he's been a fantastic ambassador for the Ireland Canada Business Association. And, you know, with Ambassador Vickers, you know, as patron of the association, our membership has grown from, you know, to say 45, 50 members up to over 90, and that's the last number of years. So the ambassador opens his doors to us, you know, at any request. He's been at there are events. He's he's our greatest champion as an association, 
and he's very much loved here in Ireland and as I, as much as I know he is in Canada so with the Ambassador Vickers we've really been able to, to raise our own profile and to spread our wings So Kate, we should wrap up but uh, what you should do before we wrap up is give your uh, online coordinates so that if anybody is looking for any more information that they're able to find you through uh, the website, Twitter, uh, Facebook, or any other feeds that they should be looking at, if you want to give us the uh, coordinates. So it's irelandcanada.com. That's our website. And uh, the Twitter is hashtag I-R-E-C-A-N-B-I-Z. And you would be on LinkedIn, I presume, also. Uh, we are, under the Ireland Canada Business Association. Indeed, and uh, when you're, uh, while we just talked about the summit, I assumed that you would have regular uh, networking events or, uh, throughout uh, the we year. We do, and we have sort of trade briefings, and we actually, at the end of the month, we have um, Justice Brown coming in and doing an event with Trinity uh, College Dublin that we're co-sponsoring. So um, we're looking forward to, 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 to hosting Justice Brown from Canada. Um, so, yeah, we do. We do. Absolutely. We have about 10 to 12 events a year. Fantastic. Well, Kate Hickey, uh, it's been fantastic having the time to be able to have a chat and get the briefing. And uh, I know that the summit was a success. So I know you also are probably starting to plan, maybe take a few days off, but you're starting to plan for two years ahead. Excellent, that's right. Thanks, Austin. Have a lovely weekend. Thanks, Kate. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.